You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. And uh, today's topic, uh, let me start with what my inspiration is for this topic. Uh, I had come across my feed, a gentleman that was going over kind of Rosa Parks' background and As he was going through her background, a couple of things jumped out at me, okay? And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So um, that particular gentleman, he was doing it from a totally, totally different angle. Uh, But as he was reading through her background, because we are now uh, in the know of folks' heritage and in the know of actual true history, all we have to do are hear a couple of key words and we can pretty much put the pieces together. So uh, this particular podcast is going to be real short and simple. I just wanted to point out a couple of things with Rosa Parks' background. Okay, so um, before we get into that, I also want to note, I am just going to do a very high level of who she is. And for, uh, you know, a lot of us old heads, we already know who she is. It was taught to us in school. Um, So maybe the younger generation may not know. So I'm just going to document that at a very high level, but I am also going to give the accuracy of how she was not the first to stand up against getting up out of their seat for someone white on on the bus, okay? So uh, let's get into, just real quick, Let's get into a little bit of technology here. All right, let me see which one I want to pull first. So we're going to use Wikipedia uh, because actually the gentleman that was uh, reading over her background, the information that jumped out to me came from Wikipedia. (laughs) So we're going to start there. Uh, Then we're going to go to the woman that really was the first. And then we're going to get into what jumped out for me with her background. All right. So again, this is from Wikipedia and this is on Rosa Parks. Rosa Louise McCulley Parks, uh, born, born February 4th, 1913, to October 24th, 2005, was an American activist in the civil rights movement, best known for a pivotal role in the Montgomery bus boycott. The United States Congress has honored her as the first lady of civil rights 
and the member of the freedom movement. On December 1st, 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama, Parks rejected bus driver James F. Blake's order to vacate a row of four seats in the colored section in favor of a white passenger once the white section was filled. Parks was not the first person to resist bus segregation. Okay, so I'm glad they at least put that in there in Wikipedia. Um, so uh, we're going to jump to who was really the first, but before we do that, um, but the NAACP believed that she was the best candidate. So that jumped out to me as well. She was not the first person to resist bus segregation. But here comes the old NAACP and decided that Rosa Parks was the best candidate for seeing through a court challenge after her arrest for civil disobedience and violating Alabama segregation laws. And she helped inspire the black community to boycott the Montgomery buses for over a year. The case became bogged down in the state courts, but the federal Montgomery bus law lawsuit, Browder versus Gale, resulted in a November 50, 1956 decision that bus segregation is unconstitutional under the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. All right, so let's just real quick to give um, honor to the woman who was actually the first person. Let's jump over and give her her honor. Uh, let me make sure that's still showing up. Yes, that is still showing up. Okay, just making sure. All right, so this is from Britannica National. Um, oops, wrong one. I apologize. I had the right one. Da, 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 da. Excuse me here. I had the right one. I had the right one. Okay, let me pause. And what happened to her? Because I do want to give honor to her. So let me go and pull the right file on the woman that was really the first to stand up to bus segregation. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So uh, this is actually from NPR. Uh, before Rosa Park, there was Claudette Colvin. Okay. Few people know the story of Claudette Colvin. When she was 15, she refused to move to the back of the bus and gave up her seat to a, uh, and give up her seat to a white person. Nine months before Rosa Parks did the same thing. Hmm. So again, remember they said that the NAACP deemed Rosa Parks a better front person for bus segregation. Okay. Most people knew about Parks and the Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott that began in 1955, but few know that there were a number of women 
who refused to give up their seats on the same bus system. Okay? So, black women have been been saying, uh, no, that'll be a no blood. I'm tired. I didn't just got off work. Done stopped at this grocery store. Got to go home, cook this, that, and the third. And you expect me to get up out of my seat? To give it up for someone else based on skin color? No, that's, that's not going to happen. I, I'm not the one today. I'm not the one. Most of the women were quietly fined and no one heard much more. Coven was the first to really challenge the law. So let's be clear. There were many black women before Rosa Parks who said they were not the one, the two, or the three regarding this bus. Okay? So, Miss Claudette Colvin took it further because they was just giving people fines so I'm assuming almost like a ticket. And she like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm contesting this. Okay? This was before Rosa Parks. All right. Now, a 69-year-old retiree, Colvin, lives in the Bronx. She remembers taking the bus home from high school on March 2nd, 1955, as clear as it was yesterday. The bus driver ordered her to get up and she refused, saying she paid her fare and it was her constitutional right. Two police officers put her in handcuffs and arrested her. Her school books went flying off her lap. All I remember is that I was not going to walk off the bus voluntarily, Coven says. It was Negro History Month and at her segregated school, they had been studying leaders like Harriet Tugman, the runaway slave who led more than 70 slaves to freedom through the network of safe houses known as the Underground Railroad. Okay, so remember, <clears throat> Harriet Tugman was actually, uh, the she is actually the bloodline of Stuart Ross. We found him in the records. So the folks that she was saving were her family members. You know those family members, those Stewarts and Ross, Rosses, <clears throat> and the other um, Irish, Scots, and Brits that were kicked out. Yeah, you know, that that's who she was suing. Those that were under indentured serving contracts because they had a prison system, system, prison sentence placed on them and were deported out of Europe. Yeah, that's Harriet Tubman Ross. 
she and her people are found in the records. They're found on the ship manifest. Okay? All right. They were also studying about Sojourner Truth, a former slave who became an abolitionist and woman's rights activist. The class had also been talking about the injustices they were experiencing daily under the Jim Crow segregation laws, like not being able to eat at a lunch counter. We couldn't try on clothes, Colvin said. You had to take a brown paper bag and draw a diagram of your food. I'm sorry, draw a diagram of your foot and take it to the store. Can you imagine all that in my mind? My head was just too full of black history. You know, the oppression that we went through. It felt like Sojourner Truth was on one side pushing me down. And Harriet Tubman was on the other side other side of me pushing me down, I couldn't get up. Coven also remembers the moment the jail door closed. It was like a Western movie, she says. And then I got scared and panic come over me and I started crying. Then I started saying the Lord's Prayer, she says. Twice towards justice. Now her story is the subject of a new book, Claudette Colvin, Twice towards justice. Author Phil Hoos says that despite a few articles about her in the Birmingham Press and in USA Today and brief mentions in some books about the civil rights movement, most people don't know about the role Coven played in the bus boycotts, okay? Because the NAACP deemed who they wanted to be the face of the boycott, bus boycott movement. Now note, black women have been saying, no, nah, I'm not doing nothing. You can go on with that. Well, ma'am, we gonna call authorities. Well, you know what, blood, you just go ahead on and do what you have to do because I'm not the one today. Black women have been standing up. And Claudette, nerves was really bad that day. She was on edge. She was a youngin'. She like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we, we can take this a step on further. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right, I, you arresting me. Okay, and, and I'm going to take it to court. So the NAACP skipped past all those other women. And they decide to make Rosa Parks the face of the bus boycott movement. Hoos couldn't get over that, that there was this teenager nine months before Rosa Parks in the same city and the same bus system with very tough consequences, hauled off the bus, handcuffed jail, and nobody really knew about it. He also believes Colvin is important because she challenged the court in law. One of the four women plaintiffs in Browder versus Gale, the court case that successfully overturned bus segregation laws in Montgomery and Alabama. 
So are you all catching that? She was one of the four plaintiffs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But let's continue. There are many reasons why Claudette Colvin has been pretty much forgotten. She hardly ever told her story when she moved to New York City. In her new community, hardly anyone was talking about integration. Instead, most people were talking about Black Enterprises, Black Power, and Malcolm X. Hmm. So, again, you have Black women were really the first standing up. Well, we're, we can actually say in this case, the bus boycott. And the very first pioneers of that didn't get their due credit because the NAACP chose who they wanted to choose to be the face of bus boycotting. And then the entire civil rights movement itself went on to be the face of men. Black men. But let's continue. When asked why she is little known and why everyone thinks only of Rosa Parks, Colvin says the NAACP and other black organizations felt Parks would be a good icon because she was an adult. They didn't think teenagers would be reliable. Really? Because if you really pay attention to that whole entire civil rights movement, it was the teenagers that led that movement. It was the teenagers that were getting bust upside their head, dogs sicked on them, water hoses. It was the teenagers, them youngins. But yet the old heads were able to wear the titles and get the praise, but make no mistakes about it. The civil rights movement, although that's another thing within itself that got black folk in a whole heap of mess, but that's not what this particular podcast is about today. Before they were calling it civil rights, it was those young black babies slash teenagers that stood up and said, this isn't right. Not the adults. So when it started gaining traction and speed, that's when the adults stepped in. Well, let yeah, let me back up first. That's when said organizations... And just do a little research and dig into how said organizations were originally funded. They stepped 
in and took the movement, gave it a name, this, that, and the third. Negotiated the terms, etc., etc., etc. They didn't think now. NAACP and other black organizations, they didn't think teenagers would be reliable, but yet the teenagers were the one that started the entire movement. But let's continue. She also says Parks had the right hair and the right look. Ooh! Her skin texture was the kind that people associated with middle class, says Colvin. She fit that profile. NAACP, were you being a colorist? NAACP, were you being a colorist? Hmm. David Garrow, a historian and the author of Bearing the Cross, Martin Luther King Jr. and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, says people may think that Park's actions was spontaneous, but black civil leaders have been thinking about what to do about the Montgomery buses for years. Uh... So can we say staged event? I'll just read that again for the slow ones in the back. David Garrow, a historian and the author of Bearing the Cross, Martin Luther King Jr. and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference says people may think that Park's action was spontaneous, but black. Civil leaders have been thinking about what to do about the Montgomery buses for years. After Coven's arrest, she found herself shunned by parts of her community. She experienced various difficulties and became pregnant. Civil rights leaders felt she was an inappropriate symbol for a test case. Oh, that's about right. That's about right. So she didn't fit their profile. You don't fit the brown paper bag criteria of black folks being colorist. You're not polished enough. You don't look middle class-ish enough for us. Oh. And now you're pregnant? You're a teen and you're pregnant? Oh, no, 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 no. We can't have that. Parks was the secretary of the NAACP. Parks was the secretary of the NAACP. She was well known and respected and 
says Garrow, Parks had a natural gravitas and was inherently impressive person. At the same time, Garrow believes attention to Colvin is a healthy corrective because the re- the real reality of the movement was often young people and often more than 50% of women. Mm-hmm. So who started looking at or standing up for the injustices that black folk was facing. Like I said before, it was the youngins and more than 50% of women. So young people and women stood up for being treated like crap because of their skin color. But yet, black organizations came along and formulated a plan, put faces, and made leaders out of the people that they handpicked And gave it a name called the Civil Rights Movement. And then spoke on behalf of all, quote, quote, black people. So, Darrell says, the real reality of the movement was often young people and often more than 50% women. The images you most often see are men in suits. So the men were put as the face. And by that time, these black organizations, they had a plan in place. They took the movement of the young people and the women Slapped the face on it, which were men. Rosa Parks got thrown up in there. And even she wasn't the pioneer. And then gave it a name called Civil Rights Movement. And these same black organizations negotiated Deals on behalf of all black folk. Who says he believes Colvin understands the pragmatism that pushed Parks to the fore, but on the other hand, she did it. Who says the stories of Rosa Parks and the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. are wonderful, but those are the story of peoples in their 30s and 40s. Coven was 15, who feels his book will bring a fresh teen's perspective to the struggle to end segregation. So this is NPR. This is from NPR. 
And this article is titled, Before Rosa Parks, There Was Claudette Coven. Okay? This is the true face. Her and the other black women before Rosa Parks. They're the true face of the black Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott. They're the true face. Okay? Now let's get into the last little piece I want to get into, which sparked and inspired this podcast regarding Miss Parks. This is what I said. Hurr! Let's get into her early life. Rosa Parks was born Rosa Louise McCulley in Tuskegee, Alabama on February 4th, 1913 to Leona Nee Edwards, a teacher and James McCulley, a carpenter. In addition to, now check this out, we know what they always say about this African ancestry, but this this, this what's going to blow, blow your wig back. One of Park's great-great-grandfather, well, great, yeah, I'm right, great-grandfathers was, huh? What was he? He was a Scott-Irish, you don't say. Top of the morning to y'all. He was a Scott-Irish. And her great-granny was who? She was who? What was her great-granny? They say part Native American slave. Uh, no. We know what this really means. We know the did. What this really means. So you mean. You, you, you mean. She had ancestry. Of her great grandfather being. Top of the morning to ya. A Scott Irish. And her. Great granny being an Indian. Oh. Okay. She grew up on a farm with her maternal grandparents, mother and younger brother Sylvester. They were all members of the AME, the African Methodist Episcopal Church. A century old independent black, a century old black independent de uh, denomination founded by the blacks in Philly in the early 19th century. Okay. So shout out to legendary Top Cats. Go and check out his work. He did extensive work on the origins of the AME church. who founded it, what they were doing within that church. And I'm just going to high level what he done said. I ain't got to do no additional research on the doggone thing because he did an excellent job on it. That AME church was filled with black Europeans. 
the bloodline of the black Europeans. Okay? It was definitely a home for when black Europeans were coming over to the Americas. Some prominent black Europeans came up out of and still are coming up out of the AME church. So go check out his work. He laid it all out. So that's what made me sit all the way up when that person was just innocently going over Rosa Parks' background. I said, oh, wait, 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 oh, wait. You said her great-grandfather was top of the morning to y'all. A Scot-Irish and her great-granny, talking about some part Native American slave. Oh, uh, no, she was Indian. And just like we keep finding in the records, we see where black European men were coming over to the Americas marrying them black Indian women. Uh-huh. So I'm saying all that to say I don't know this for sure. I don't know. Mrs. Parks or Miss Parks family situation for sure. I can only guess and I can only speculate that her family had connections. But either way, let's say if they didn't have connections, and I'm only saying I felt that she had connections because she had a great-grandparent that's Scottish-Irish, which doesn't always mean you have connections. Hell, I got Brit ancestry. I ain't got no damn connections. <laughs> but when I also hear that they were members of the AME, that's what makes me think that they had connections. And the fact that she was able to work at the NAACP and she became the face of the Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott movement when she was not the pioneer. So that's what just made me think she had some sort of connection. Okay, so I just wanted to point that out to you all that everything that they are telling us regarding history, there is always a true back story behind it. And this is just yet another example. Every quote, quote, civil rights leader that they have put before us has been manufactured. And that's including 
Martin Luther King, which that wasn't even his real name. It was Michael. The entire civil rights movement was created. But the real pioneers, they weren't the, the, the old heads in their 30s and 40s. It was them babies. And just other regular black women that said, I'm just not the one, the two, and the three for your foolishness. Those are the true pioneers. They didn't need a label. They didn't need public support. They stood up because it was the right thing to do. And as they kept standing up, taking the hits, going to jail, this, that, and the third, that's when the old organizations come swinging in and made a movement out of it and spoke on an entire population's behalf. And manufactured leaders and slapped a label on it. But make no mistake about it. Those leaders weren't the pioneers. So I would hope that as we're teaching our babies about this civil rights movement, that you teach it all. Teach them the truth. Teach them what really should have happened with that movement. Teach the babies what really should have happened with that movement. Teach them how out of that movement, what really should have came, come out of it, are more melanated people with businesses. Teach them what really should have come out of that movement is the circulation of black dollars within said black communities at least 10 times before they leave said community. Teach them what really should have come out of that movement was the foundation of any movement. The foundation of any economic Political is family. Teach them what should have come out of the civil rights movement. Teach them that to be in a position of power, you create, you build.
yield. You don't hold your hand out and you don't beg to your oppressor. You create. You build. Teach them what should have come out of the civil rights movement. So that's all I have on this topic. I did want to bring this to the forefront and giving all honor and respect to the true pioneers of standing up for what was right. Because it was the right thing to do. That's what their soul told them to do. So shout out to all the women and children that were the true pioneers of injustices. So this is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. I wish everyone well on this Monday. And um, if you're not subscribed to us, I highly encourage you to subscribe, like, and share. Peace and love all.